Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 119. We look back at the tech news from 2015, ultra local weather forecasting explored, how to stay online in a power cut, the ultra 4K content shortage, plus our predictions for 2016. First off, here's Pete with the latest tech news. Frequency cast now loading. News. The headlines for a brand new year, January 2016. New Year's Eve was a bad day for the BBC. Most of the BBC's online services were off as a result of a denial of service attack. Affected services included the BBC iPlayer, online radio stations and the BBC News website. One chap on Twitter suggested that the BBC restored CFAX as a backup. Remember that? Next, free antivirus software from AVG has come under criticism as its web tune-up software has been found to be overriding the Google Chrome browser's own security systems. Google were not impressed and banned AVG's plugin. A fix has now been released, but AVG's had some really bad press. If you use free antivirus software, let us know which one works best for you. And on the subject of problematic products, EE has once again issued a product recall on their power bar chargers, as there's a potential risk of fire. If you have one of these, return it to your nearest EE store for a £20 voucher in exchange. No replacements are being offered. Next, according to a recent report, we're likely to see the death of in-car CD players in the next three years. 75% of new cars now have a USB port for connection to a music device, but a move to Bluetooth or onboard Wi-Fi for streaming music services seems to be the likely direction. Would you miss in-car CD? Let us know. Next, if you're curious as to the top smartphone apps you should have installed last year, the top five include the WhatsApp Messenger, Dubsmash that allows you to lip-sync to songs, keyboard playing Piano Tiles 2, plus the Guess Your Character charades game Heads Up. So now you know. And finally, 9,000 people in the UK are still watching TV in black and white. Although colour TV's been around for 50 years, there's quite a few people saving £100 a year on TV licences by watching in black and white. Monochrome tellies have been off the market now for 20 years, so if you want to download from your 4K Ultra HD telly and only pay £49 a year, try your local junk shop or a museum. Thanks very much, Pete. For more tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. Well, Happy New Year, Kelly. Happy New Year! I can't believe it's another one. Oh, another year I would have soon. I know. How was your Christmas? Nice. Really relaxing, actually, which makes a nice change for me. Um, it was just a nice one with the family. What we are going to do in today's show is have a look at how the last year has been. And it's been a busy one, hasn't it? Have you had a good uh, tech year? 
Yeah, I have. I mean, to be honest, when when you first said we were doing another roundup, I could not remember anything. I spent a very long time trying to rack my brains and remember what had happened, which maybe is a sign of my old age. But yeah, it's been a good year. It has been a busy one and there's quite a few things in the pipeline for this year. And as well as a good year for tech, we're hoping it's going to be a good weather year. It's been a bit rough flood-wise uh, towards the end of 2015, but uh, I caught up with a bit of a, uh, a weather celebrity, Jim Bacon, no less. Oh, no way! You always go and see all the cool people. We'll play a little bit uh, later in the show when we talk about something else. But uh, before we start, I asked him for his opinions on whether we were going to get a good year of weather. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because everybody would love to know, know what the weather's going to do farther and farther ahead. And, and what you have to understand, in the world of meteorology, the errors increase as you go farther ahead. So you've got to decide how much can you do that's going to be useful. And they can run these climate models and they can get a sense of proportion of which direction it's going. Sometimes the signal isn't very strong. Sometimes, for example, it could be right down the centre line and you'd say pretty average conditions, no strong sign of it being one side of normal or the other. As it stands, the the vibe at the moment within the community for winter, it will change, you know, in about a week's time there'll be another issue and we'll have to change it, but the vibe at the moment would be that the first part of the winter, in the south anyway, is not looking desperately cold. Uh, we've got these very changeable patterns at the moment, lots of Atlantic westerlies doesn't lend itself to cold weather for any length of time. You might get one day or 12 hours of cold air and then the mild air's back. So. The question about the following period after the new year is to do with what you'd expect to happen after several months of cooling. So you've got a long spell of winter weather where the nights are short, there's very little energy coming into the, uh, coming into the ground, so things are going to get colder much quicker. And it'll be very easier to tip it over. And some of the models that I've seen suggest that February, um, the second half of the winter, you know, by the time you get towards the latter part of January into February, it does show signal for slightly colder. Long-range forecasting can be very bland because if there isn't a strong signal to go one way or the other, you've got to be careful how you interpret it because people are going to make the wrong assessment and then be really disappointed if it doesn't happen. So there you go, that's Jim Bacon telling us why he can't tell us whether we're in for a, uh, a decent year of weather. I was so excited, Pete. You've really let me down. Talking of excitement, we're about a week away from Tim Peake's first radio contact with a school on uh, the morning of Friday the 8th of January. He's talking to a school in St Albans and I'll be listening on the amateur radio. Of course you will. Why would you not? Oh, ground control to Major Tim, you can't not laugh. Oh dear. How long have you been thinking that one up? It is a bit of an old one now, but uh, there we go. So his first radio contact with us amateurs on the amateur band uh, this coming Friday. Well, at least I know where you'll be. I'll be glued to my radio for seven and a half minutes as it flies overhead. Fabulous. Anyway, we digress. Let's have a look at the last year of tech. January 2015 uh, was a little bit of a quiet one. Uh, we were talking about Windows tablets, these 60 quid tablets that are now 45 quid. You can get Windows 10 running on a tablet. And do you know what? I'm still actually using mine and it is actually not bad 
45 quid, Windows 10. That is ridiculous. It costs you more than that to download it onto your current PC. It comes preloaded with Windows 8, so you have to do the free upgrade to Windows 10, which ends this year. So if you do want to do the upgrade, make sure you get on with that one. Uh, we also saw a year ago the end of Orange Wednesday. <laughs> I'm still in mourning. I honestly am. All of the replacements are rubbish. This meerkat, whatever it is, Monday, I don't know what it is, but it's not good enough. And of course, one of the reasons behind that was BT acquiring EE, which still hasn't happened. It's on the cards. Any, any month now, uh, EE will go and it will be BT. And there is a big debate going on at the moment as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, because EE's customer service wasn't one of the best and BT's wasn't particularly good either. Uh, and of course, with all the money they're spending on sport uh, and now acquiring EE, are they going to ramp the costs up? because someone's got to be paying for all this. Yeah, very true, actually. Or otherwise you'll just end up with a dismal service. You wouldn't change back to your old powder now, would you? No. February. We were at Toy Fair in January, and that went out in our February show. Do you remember that? I do. That feels like so long ago. That almost feels like years ago. And we saw Sooty and Sweep. And you got a bit wet, didn't you? Oh, that was ridiculous. Yes, I did. And there were so many giant um, characters wandering around. I swear I met a minion. Uh, my favourite thing at the uh, Toy Fair was that little drone, the little handheld micro drone. Uh, crowdsource funded, so people were asked to put in money for that. 4,000 times oversubscribed. So a huge amount of people desperate to get one of these little handheld drones. There's two others almost out as well that are going to be sort of about 150 quid. But the tech I like is when these things come out, they will follow you. So you have a follow me mode. So if you walk around, they'll follow behind you checking your smartphone so you can have a camera sort of walking behind you. You can't even fly yours, though. The other big story in February for us was the uh, TV sets that Eve's dropped on you uh, that have this monitor so you can, say, switch over to BBC One. Yeah, didn't like that. Well, you, you knew I wouldn't as well, didn't you, really? <laughs> you and privacy. I know. I like my privacy. Let's move on to March. Uh, Sound Digital announced they were going to be launching 15 DAB digital radio channels by March 2016. Now, it's January 2016. They haven't done it yet, so they haven't got long, have they? No, they really, really don't. Um, let's just hope they're all in testing mode at the moment. Let's hope so. We've got three talk sport type stations, a celeb gossip station from Heat Magazine, Virgin Radio, Magic Mellow, Jazz FM. And uh, on their website, it says a station dedicated to getting people excited about DAB+. I bet you'll be listening to that, won't you? No, I was about to say you will definitely be listening to that. That is so your sort of channel. Oh, yes, it's all about the uh, codec encoding, you know, lovely, I can't wait. Oh, gosh, that sounds like it will be the most horrific channel ever. Well, if it launches and it's only got a couple of months to go, we'll, uh, we'll be having a listen just in case. Uh, what else happened? Talk Talk got hacked. That was a huge story back in March. Uh, Virgin Media finally announced they were going to start expanding their cable network. Haven't seen much sign of that happening yet, but that's still in the pipeline. And there's a new Danger Mouse on the way for the 21st century. That was the story that got me excited. And we talked about you being a Baywatch star. Back in the day. Not now. Too old. I still haven't seen the pictures of that. Well, you don't need to. Your imagination's wild. Of course, you were a lifeguard and we talked about dropping phones in uh, water and how you revive them. And do you know what? I actually did use one of those um, packs. Came in handy. A phone literally did go in the water. Um, worked quite well. Wow. Well done. So it was worth it then. In the end, yes. Yes. 
April uh, followed swiftly after March, as it tends to, and we looked at the Amazon Fire TV stick. That's one of these things you plug into your telly and you can uh, get access to all the uh, Amazon Prime uh, TV stuff, which is great. Uh, Catnav was the April Fool's joke that got us going. That was brilliant. You really wanted one as well. (laughs) And uh, we went to the wearable tech show where we looked at these um, augmented reality catalogues where you point your phone in a room and it will show you what an armchair looks like, that sort of thing. Very clever. Uh, the Bedit Sleep Tracker, so you can find out uh, how tossy and turny you are in the night. And the Queen Mary College, we love them, uh, from uh, London, showed us some of their sort of pioneering inventions, the icebreaker jacket. And, of course, you like the near-field communication handbag. So every time you took anything out of your handbag, it beeps to let you know what you'd forgotten. And you like your handbags, don't you? I do, and, and I'm forever forgetting stuff. So for me, that is absolutely perfect. Apple Watches were the big story of May and the fact that they didn't work with people with tattoos because it does this skin sensing thing to check your heartbeat. So that was the uh, the Apple scandal of the year. There's always one. That was uh, the big one for May. <gasps> Shocker. May as well, we reported on April's Gadget Show Live, your favourite thing of the year. Musical fruit. Where you can play bananas and pears and apples. Shall we have a listen back? Oh, please. Go on, Kelly, give us a description here. Well, there's... <laughs> basically a number of different fruit and vegetables on a table well, let's get this right we've got what seven ban- eight bananas here yeah. and some peppers and some peppers connected to a piece of play-doh and a circuit board and you can play them okay kelly you're gonna have to give us a demo so what were you doing doing my dream of becoming a dj but with fruit and veg how is this working what are we looking at here then well, the Makey Makey is basically a microcontroller and it plugs into the computer. So anything you plug into the Makey Makey using crop clips or wires um, that conducts electricity can act as your computer keyboards. So you can actually use it to type, which would be a bit boring, or make music or use, make gamespad controllers, just lots of fun things like that. And as well as musical fruit that you absolutely loved, uh, my favourite was the paper planes that had a little motor on the back, so powered paper planes. And of course you had your first go at doing some 3D artwork with that 3D pen. Yeah, and I've started seeing them being advertised on TV now, so they're obviously becoming more of a home gadget. Looking back through the show notes, I noticed that somebody suggested, uh, because there was a vacancy at Top Gear, that uh, we apply. Uh, We didn't hear any in though, did we? No, it's probably because I don't actually know that much about cars. The new Top Gear starts on the 8th of May and apparently they're having a real struggle trying to find anyone that wants to work with Chris Evans that knows anything about cars. The likes of uh, Susie Perry and Zoe Ball have all said no. So um, not quite sure what's going to happen on the 8th of May. Maybe there is still hope for you, Kelly. Well, at least I'm doing my motorbike licence this year. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. What's all that about? Well, that was my Christmas present. I'm going to be doing my CBT licence. So you're going to be a biker? I'm going to be a biker. With, with the leathers? And I've actually got a helmet that's so girly. It's like pink with butterflies on it. So is that something you've always wanted to do? It's something I've always thought about doing. I'd love to go over to like New Zealand and bike around. And it just makes sense to do my licence, particularly while I'm young enough and feeling able. What's the chances of us uh, recording you on your bike then? Well, you can come if you want, as long as uh, any outtakes of me potentially falling off it get deleted. Okay, dear listener, if you would like Frequency Cast to cover Kelly's motorbike training, let us know and maybe we can wander along with the tape machine and see how you get on. Ooh, yeah, let us know. Moving on to uh, June, Periscope. We did our first live streaming video Periscope show. 
Yeah, we did. We liked it. I don't know why we didn't do it again. Listeners, if you want us to do a live periscope, let us know. How many days' notice do you need, Kelly? Only a couple of hours. We also talked about smart meters, uh, which are still coming soon. What did arrive in July, though, was Apple Music. Yes, yes, it did. I've not really done anything with that. <laughs> I did my month's trial, and uh, when they wanted money, that was the end of it for me. But uh, there you go. Barclays Touch Pay was their new payment method that came out uh, June, July time. And we did a lot of talk about drones, Amazon Prime Air drones, and uh, our first feature on drones in the show, which is pretty good. July 29th, big day, Windows 10. Have you used Windows 10 yet? Yeah, I've had a play around. Do you like it? I much prefer it to Windows 8. August was the Ashley Madison hack. Remember that one? No. Ashley Madison is the website for people that are having affairs. (gasps) Yes. Yes, now I remember. Yes. And then it turned out that even he was having an affair. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes, of course. Also, the launch of BT Sport Ultra 4K. So this is the new mega ultra high definition stuff. First UK channel at launch was BT Sport. Fab. Shortly after that, there was the launch of my favourite phone. Massive battery. Smartphone had a large battery in it. And it was called the Doogie Hom Tom. Doogie Hom Tom. That's what it was called. Uh, We did our big Windows 10 review after that. Apple Watch, of course. I know. And do you know what? The more I think about it, the more I want one. Do you know what? They are gorgeous. They are brilliant. It's so bad, though. I promised I wouldn't conform. And now I'm feeling like I'm about to conform. I I felt dirty getting it, but wow, am I enjoying it. Oh, don't say stuff like that. It just pushes me closer, closer to the Apple store. September we did cloud computing and I lured you back to my pad. Do you remember that? Yes, that was the strangest place I've ever been. So many clocks. It was a real geek pad. And of course, you're a bit of a star. You did some amateur radio videoing and uh, your voice and, and image were featured uh, worldwide promoting the amateur radio hobby. Yes, that even feels like it was longer ago than it actually was. Mildly embarrassing, seeing as we usually just do voice and see my face there was a... Oh, Oh, you looked good. I loved your hand gestures in the video. Come and join us. You're very good on video. Let's have a little audio extract, shall we, just to remind us. Amateur radio is a fantastic hobby for anybody who loves technology. I've only really been involved in the hobby for a really short amount of time and I've been speaking to people all across the world. It's a really, really inviting community. One minute you're speaking to somebody about amateur radio and it leads on to so many other discussions about other different technologies you may not have even thought of. So if you do get a chance, come and join us. You little star, you. Uh, Do you fancy a selfie? Not right now. No. October, the LG selfie phone launched, which takes us up to date, November, December. USB-C we looked at, the Raspberry Pi Zero, uh, all sorts of other bits and pieces. So uh, it's been a busy old year. And as ever, I'm going to put you on the spot. Predictions. Now, we talked about wearable tech and smartwatches being this year's. And we're pretty close with the smartwatches. That seemed to work. I think you said there were going to be some innovations with social media. All we've really seen is the Twitter like button. Got your periscope. Yeah, true, true. So uh, what are we going to get for this year, do you think? I feel like there's going to be more around the TV front. I don't feel like enough happened this year. I think that there will be more interactive TV opportunities. I'm going for social media. I think there's going to be a big shake-up of social media this year. Yeah? Go on then, what do you think? I'm not entirely sure yet, but I think it's going to be something to do with location and social media. I reckon that's the biggie. 
Really? Yeah, where you are, what you're doing, a lot of sort of prediction stuff with social media. I don't like that, though. I'll tell you something I'm going to just quickly talk about before we move on to interaction. Now we've had a look at what's uh, happened last year and what's in on the cards. Now, this is a good friend of mine, Steve, M1ACB. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. He put me onto this. Uh, it's an Apple smartphone watch that uh, uses the phone's internal sensors to help crowdsource weather data. The beauty of that is my phone can be sitting here and if it's going to rain, I get an alert about 30 seconds before it starts raining. So it's using sort of crowdsourced data, very, very local information. It's weather. I mean, come on. We talk about so many enjoyable things. Well, I couldn't resist talking to Jim Bacon, the weatherman, to find out what he thought about this sort of ultra local on your own phone weather forecasting. And uh, he had some interesting thoughts. It's an interesting thing. I mean, crowd data is a really positive step but it is a very limited step in the sense that um, it tells you nothing about tomorrow's barbecue that you got planned whether to do it at lunchtime or in the evening but so it does help you decide whether you take a brolly when you're going out because it will give you within a couple of hours a, a well, very accurate information well it can do it can do but what it what it will be based on will be uh, somebody with one of these watches nearby to you but it could be a storm that's moving away from you rather than coming to you. Um, The other thing with these mathematical models that are used to generate forecasts of the weather is that they don't don't know what the weather is going to do absolutely everywhere. They calculate the data on a regular grid array, if you like. So these data points are all set up in the model. And when you put your postcode in or your location, it goes to that model and gets the nearest grid point to you. Now, in some cases, these, these things on the websites that do that are really good. You put your postcode in and you think you're getting the forecast right where you are. But supposing the model had produced a shower two miles away, but not at your point, you would think it's going to be a lovely day with no risk of rain. You could go out and put £3,000 worth of chemicals on your field and then think, why wasn't I told? Well, the, the showers were in the model, you know. They were so there are some handicaps, but, but it's a great thing to do, isn't it? And, it? and it's a great thing, this crowd weather is a great thing to do in terms of that short period stuff. But, but it doesn't help you for the going forwards bit, but it's really good for the next two, three hours. And, and actually, over a period of time, what you will find you're doing is when I worked as a youngster, I used to work on a farm and on the harvest field, and we still had old sail binders then, and we're shooking up, the, you know, doing the nice regularised rows of, of uh, it was oats we were shooking up into these these um, stooks. And what would happen is the boys would look up at the sky and they'd say, "Well, oh, rain in half an hour. How on earth does he do that? How's the, what sort of magic? Oh, this is unreal." But but they knew because all of their life they were looking at sky and relating what happened next to what they saw. Most people, especially as you get nearer to big cities in the London area, for example, nobody looks at the sky. Mm. You know, I used to do night shifts at London Weather Centre and I'd be broadcasting on Radio 4 in the morning doing the 5 to 8 weather forecast or, the, or whatever. And I'd be getting a train home after the night shift and I knew who'd heard a weather forecast and who hadn't. You'd be people getting off those trains quite obviously not dressed for the weather that was coming later that day and and people in cities and big towns tend not to be aware of weather in the way that you would be in the countryside or in the way that you would be if you were an amateur with a 50-foot tower in the back garden you get very sensitive to wind speeds then 
There you go. If you're interested and you're a bit of a techie, we have a longer version of our interview with Jim uh, where he talks about radio phenomena, sporadic E, which you might remember from your radio courses. Yes. Getting distance on VHF and all that kind of stuff. If you're interested, let us know and we'll point you to the link for a much longer interview with Jim Bacon and a very nice chap he was too. He definitely sounds like he was a nice chap. Once again, wasn't invited, Pete. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Okay, the first interaction of the new year. And uh, we start off with Stephen Wilton, who's one of our regulars. Yes, he says, Hi guys, been listening to your show since the first episode. Wow. That's a long time ago. That is real dedication. Anyway, he goes on to say, If BBC Three and BBC Four go online, will Freeview get more Sky channels to replace them? Maybe, for example, Discovery and the History Channel. Also, will there be an FM AM switch off in the near future? It's only BBC Three that's looking at going online, as far as we know anyway, and uh, no information yet as to whether any new Freeview channels will take its place. I think it's fairly unlikely that we'll see something like the Discovery Channel go over. It's a premium channel, they want you to pay for it, they're not going to give it to you for free, but uh, no doubt there'll be some more Freeview channels in the uh, near future. And as for AM and FM, well, last we'd heard, they'd abandoned the idea of a fixed date as it kept slipping, so uh, there's no fixed date that I know of. But uh, one day we'll go digital. Not quite yet. Uh, next, in the last show, we talked about the Raspberry Pi and whether you could run a VPN on it. And we heard from Barry Hodgetts. Yes, he says BBC Click did a make a VPN for a Pi earlier in the year. They said it was at the top end of difficulty. My son, who writes code for a living, spent maybe three hours installing it and commenting on how the instructions could have been made better. The key possibly took an hour to generate, but my VPN works fine and I can access the home network from any Wi-Fi hotspot around the world. So it is possible, but you do have to be a bit patient. Thank you for that one, Barry. Next one from Terry Costello. He says, I took the opportunity of a Black Friday deal and bought myself a 4K TV. The only downside is the lack of 4K content. Is the Sony 4K media player FMPX10 coming to the UK, which will give us access to the Sony 4K unlimited video service, which has a plethora of 4K movies and documentaries. My 4K TV has access to Netflix and YouTube, which is keeping me going for the moment. Yes, he goes on to say he is hoping the fifth gen Apple TV which is rumoured to come out in the first quarter of 2016 supports 4k yeah not a lot of content BT have got their sports channel but there's not an awful lot out there yet but uh, could 2016 be the year of 4k ultra high def TV well I hope not because then we'll get a lot more questions that were as wordy as that <laughs> you struggled on that one didn't you oh Terry there were so many things in there and there was so much 4k 4k and access oh I was losing my mind and losing the sentences but thank you for your question let's give you an easier one here this one's from Darren Nay he says, Happy New Year to you all. I do use the BBC Red Button service at times and found it handy for extra sports services that the BBC show once in a while, like of tennis, so I will sort of miss it. I also hear the BBC are to cut their sports budget, so that may mean even less sport on free-to-air TV. Yes, Darren says it's a shame that there could be even less sport for those that don't have access or can't afford pay TV. Well, not necessarily, though, because Channel 4 are looking to potentially take over the Grand Prix, and they're even saying that that will be advert-free if they get it. Um, I have no idea how they're going to make their money back that way, but um, I guess there's still quite a few other people in there bidding. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, very true. So if you're uh, you're into your uh, your motor racing, then uh, yes, you may well be getting that free on Channel Four. But yeah, generally, I mean, more sport is going on to the pay service now because they want their money back. Uh, right, next one from James McAlpine. He says, I suffer numerous power cuts each year, lasting five to six hours or even a few days. Of course, the main telephone line is always working, but my broadband router is plugged into the mains. Is there a battery-powered alternative I can use to adapt my existing one somehow so I can continue using my tablet during these outages? The obvious thing to look at would be a UPS, uh, one of these backup power supplies but they won't give you many they only give you about sort of half an hour to an hour max so that's not really the answer for uh, james's problem here uh, the one that probably is the most logical one is looking at running your router off an external battery so a slab battery one of these sealed lead acid batteries will give you a good few hours um, if you uh, can connect your router to one of those so my bt home hub router runs 12 volts and 1.5 amps max so i can actually connect that direct to a battery if you want to go serious of course a car battery or a leisure battery for a caravan would probably let you run your hub for about a week uh, just off a car battery very easy just get a standard connector to a car battery with a fuse just in case and that could possibly solve the problem one other option is one of these mi-fi units mm. so you get a, a portable wi-fi hotspot uh, that would just charge very basically uh, off your car cigarette lighter if you needed it to and again give you a, about a week so hopefully giving you a few ideas there yeah nice well done pete the next one's from alan cawley he says i have two power line adapters being used for uview purposes do they consume a lot of electric energy well we looked at this a couple of years ago and i went back through our show notes to find out uh, a little bit of information the one we reviewed consumed about three watts and we did the maths on that and worked out that running two of those for a year would be about six quid so not the end of the world oh no not at all so there you go some nice questions to kick the new year in if you've got any more please do get in touch and if you'd like to see kelly in her motorbike leathers we'd also love to hear from you several ways you can do it you can leave us a voicemail the number is 0208 133 4567 you can text us on 07882 043521 it's the cost of a standard text or, of course, you can drop us an email via the Contact Us button on our website. There's also social media, of course. No stalking us. Thank you very much and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Frequency Cast. Shut down in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast. Shut down.